Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. Once again, I am your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Demonic Dean's film pick of the week from 2006. Oh, yeah. It's Them, became Ills, directed by David Moreau Gosh. and Xavier Powell. He's already out of the gate and excited, so you can tell how much he wants to talk about this movie. But we're going to talk about it later on in the show, before it turns into the Karate Kid podcast. Uh, but before we talk about all that, <laughs> I want to introduce the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. He's back, boys and girls. Uh, hello, Woo-hoo! hello, hello, everybody. What is going on tonight? I'm doing well. I think we're all doing well. But how are you doing, first and foremost, Cool. Oh, much better, man. The, the road to recovery is long and slow, but it's uh, it's getting there day by day. A little bit more, a little bit more. So I am feeling more like me. Today and I did yesterday That's awesome. and the day before that. And before you know, it, you'll be back to full capacity as the goal. But we're so glad to have you back. We're also joined by the yes. Mad Monkey, the Prince of Amor's Day. Yes, get funky with it, monkey. Hey there, my fans. This is the Maniacal Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all the land. So just make sure you listen live, listen with your friends, listen later on the many, many streaming services that are now available, including Spotify. But just make sure you fucking listen. What's up, motherfucker? Jesus. <laughs> Hi, man. Jesus was not able to make it. Hi, goo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, not that guy. But anyway. Nope. <laughs> and last but not least, I thought, I the very educated, the very the opinionated, <laughs> the very, you know, the very astute, the demonic dean. Welcome, sir. Yes. Uh, everything, everything we that you, the monkey said goes, goes double for me. <laughs> All right. So my opening statement With is just enthusiasm. to rewind, <laughs> to rewind the show, listen to everything the monkey said. And and there's my my opening statement. <laughs> now available on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a yes, lot to get to. you can find that tonight. on Spotify, where you can rewind yeah. 15 second segments, and we'll perfectly put you back to the time space that you need to listen to. Isn't that really Spotify? It's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful that we have it. It's wonderful that we're on Spotify. Thanks to the dean. Uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight, but first, one question I want to ask you guys: Who the fuck is buying Chia Pets? Because I just saw a huh? commercial before we went on air for Chia Pets, where they're I mean, like, a lot a of fun people gift. Who? Like, I just, I like my whole life, I've never wanted one. I saw them like, what the fuck is the point? You put some soil on it, it grows, and then what do you do after that? You throw it out. Now they have Groot, they have Bob Ross, they have Richard Simmons. Fun gifts for everybody, but I don't know who you're buying it for. I would buy it for somebody I hate. Like, this is your fucking. Hi, I have a group and a Spider-Man Chia Pet. Now, I will have to admit Why? that I, uh, okay, so they were Christmas <laughs> gifts. You know, one of, one of those Christmas See? gifts that uh, the ghoul girl gets. 
that, you know, she hates and yells at me for getting because I don't know. She probably got them for me three, four years ago. Um, you know, yeah. just those like those little things. They're a fun little project that you do, blah 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 blah. Well, they like ended up in a pile that's like in the corner of my room, like with my other stuff. And like I'll see it every now and again when like the pile shifts, and I'm like, oh, one of these days I've got to do this. And then I shift shit right back up on top of it, and I don't I don't see it again for a number of years. So, uh, so yeah, I'll get to it eventually. I know we did one at one point or another. It's just a plant. That's all. It's like having any plant in your house. What's the purpose of it? You know, to create oxygen it's, and to, to make a cute little fucking favor around the house. But, but, yeah, but it just does. All, all it is, though, is, is just alfalfa sprouts. And then they grow, and then they die. You can't keep them going forever and ever. Okay. That's what I got. Listen, as somebody with a brown thumb, dude, I can't fucking – I couldn't keep a cactus alive if I tried, okay? So <laughs> is what it is. Just a, a weird gift. That's a hate gift. Like I said, you buy it for your enemy. You don't buy it for your friend. Like, I'll get you a gift card to Target. I'm not getting you a fucking cheetah pet. Like, sorry. Now, now I like I know you, what I'm getting. I know what I'm getting. Uh, the oh, now, now I'm going to have a closet full of cheetah pets. You're going to be like, Merry Christmas, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 Ghoul, if you, can, if you can forward me the King's mailing address at the end of the show, that would be right, here we go. Uh, greatly appreciated. You've got it, man. You've got it. It's going to be like trouble with trouble. I'm, 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 I'm going to have an, an Amazon window open and ready to go. <laughs> Somebody's oh, getting a Jerry. Somebody's getting a Jerry Garcia Chia pet. I'm sure it's out there. No. Do all these alfalfa sprouts. Can you eat them? <laughs> but uh, so yeah. So I don't know. Chia pets. I guess people get them. I guess I'm going to be getting a whole fucking truckload of them someday. So I. I uh, but uh, Dean, uh, while you peruse the Chia pet store. I uh, wanted to cut it to you uh, to kick it off with some things that you want to talk about. Horror news. I know Cobra uh, Kai is a yes, big thing. Yes, there's so many things. But the first Please. thing I want to talk about, I want to get into uh, everyone's favorite universe, the Marvel universe. And I just – I need – Oh, not I the need Star Wars Marvel universe? Experts. No. <laughs> I, need <to> have, <laughs> I need to have you experts explain to me exactly all of the different talk I'm hearing about this about the Spider-Man movie. movie. Where, well, I saw that Doc Ock is coming back, but then I heard that other characters are coming back, and I heard that all three of the Spider-Men are going to be there. So can someone explain to me exactly what's going on with this Spider-Man movie? Because it doesn't make any sense. Oh, cool. Oh, sure. Leave it to me. Um, Okay. Okay. I mean, who else would we ask out of all of us about that? Hey, listen, the monkey is well-versed on all of this as well. Um, yeah, no. me too. That's a cool So if you, re- you remember in the early 2000s, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, correct? Mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst, Tobey Maguire, all of that stuff. Um, then around, I think it was what, 2010 or so, Sony once again yeah. made another Spider-Man series, The Amazing Spider-Man, starring Andrew Garfield. Uh-huh. Again, this was to keep the license in Sony's hands for Spider-Man. See, just like Fox's deal with the Fantastic Four, as long as Sony continues to make a Spider-Man property every X amount of years, they retain the rights to the characters. Hence, Marvel slash Disney would not have full ownership. 
Now fast forward to these days where Disney has made a deal with Sony in which they are allowed to use the Tom Holland Spider-Man in their MCU films. And as such, they work with the production of the Sony films utilizing that same Spider-Man. Now, about two years ago, a cartoon version of Spider-Man came out called Into the Spider-Verse. This played with the idea of multiple. <laughs> this made this played with the idea of multiverses and things like that. For me, to this day, I still think it's the best Spider-Man film that's been out because of the amount of imagination, the amount of characters, the storyline, everything about it. Plus, it was not a Peter Parker story. It was an alternative Spider-Man named Miles Morales, who I actually really like. Um, again, wipe that clean, though, because we are still in Tom Holland universe Spider-Man. In the most recent one, they hinted at multiverses, which was kind of proven untrue. You know what? Fucking spoilers, people. If you didn't see Far From Home, that's your fucking problem. Okay? You can spoil it. The character was not from another universe. The character was fucking from here. He worked for Tony Stark. He was just pissed off about shit. Hence, Mysterio was just the master of special effects, as the character is, and created all kinds of chaos and problems. But at the end of that movie, J.K. Simmons reprises his role as J. Jonah Jameson. Now, why is that important? Well, J. Jonah Jameson, mm. J.K. Simmons, is from the Raimiverse. Um, now, <laughs> that same that same character, but now played by the same actor. Yes, I feel like it was introducing this world as a bigger, grander place. So, what we are getting with all of this hubbub and all of this news, it seems like, is a alternative reality set of Spider-Man. So you can have all three of these guys possibly on screen at once, or maybe we don't. Maybe they just acknowledge they all exist. Maybe we're killing them off. We don't know what the storyline's going to be. All we know is that this is kind of a cool, big deal type of deal. Like I had said, I would love to see something kind of like The One, uh, starring Jet Li, mm-hmm. in which, you know what, maybe you have some kind of set of rules in which, you know, somebody's jumping from multiverses, killing Spider-Man. And, you know, we got to figure out who it is. So, but that's that's pretty much the long this... and short of it. Okay, thank you for the long and short of it. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, I guess my next question about that is is because the, if I'm not mistaken, like Into the Spider Verse and Spider Verse, uh, the Spider Man Far From Home were were animated, right? Cartoons. No, so Far From, from Home, home is a live action Spider Man. Okay, the but the Spider Verse MCU movies. Okay, but Spider Verse is cartoon. Yes. Okay, so is Spider-Man 3, if they're connecting all of the Spider-Verses, is it going to be a mix of live action and cartoons? It's not. No. It's exactly. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a full live action film. But could this be some kind of merging of them? Well, yeah, because just like in Spider-Verse, one of the alternative universes was Spider-Ham. Um, Spider yeah, right. <laughs> you know, Peter, Peter Porker. Um, yep. The real world could just be yet another alternative universe. So, hence, you know, we have all these multiverses. Well, some of those multiverses are animated. Um, that's just kind of like how that whole thing works. Just think about it. Somewhere out there, there's animated versions of you and me, you know, in some weird alternative string theory plane. You know, there's a cartoon version of the Dean <laughs> running around. So cool. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be Paris, that would though. be some trippy. That would be a trippy. Well, that would be lovely, but it would be a trippy concept if they just like if all of it was as it was, like the cartoon ones, like were cartoons, and the live action people sometimes went into the cartoons, but were live action inside of the cartoon, and then cartoon Spider Man can come to live action. That would be some pretty trippy shit, I think. What cool world? Yeah, yeah. I think that. And it could be done. <laughs> just Rabbit, don't fuck the cool two. World. Yeah, exactly. Just don't fucking play patty cake. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's going in that route. I think they're going to try to keep the Spider-Verse film, because I know they're working on a direct sequel to that one. I think they want to keep that universe in and of itself. I think this is just going to strictly play with the live-action films, with the Raimi films, and hopefully the amazing verse, which I know they got Jamie, uh, Jamie Fox is supposed to be coming back as Electro. So that would yeah. just stand to reason that that universe is going to be involved in some way as well. And maybe we get a bit of a send off at least for that character. Cause I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. So I was a fan. Yeah. Hmm. I haven't seen him yet. Hopefully that fixes yeah, it. For the, the, um, the amazing, uh, the original, uh, the, the, the Raimi verse, uh, the Spider-Man and Spider-Man Two have have been on uh, quite frequently uh, recently. So I've, I've seen I've and I those as far as comic book movies like all of those Sam Raimi ones like I saw those like kind of when they were new and really liked them a whole lot, um, but never saw any of the relaunches and reboots uh, with any of the other uh, Peter Parkers. Uh, so I, I have seen them the, the first two recently uh, again and, and really enjoy them and. You know, I just I think this like I'm seeing all of this stuff popping up in all of my entertainment feeds with like Alfred Molina is coming back and it's Doc Ock and I'm like how the fuck is Doc Ock coming back? Alfred, you know, like it's not even dreamy anymore. So uh, I, just, I was just curious as to as to what was going on and I I, I I could have looked it up in Reddit, but I figured I'd have the ghoul uh, regale me with his tales of the Spider-Man. And I like that there's, like, there's going to be many of them. It's not just Spider-Man. There's, there's now there's going to be Spider-Men running around. That's kind of funny. Spider-Men. Yeah. yeah, which is why Stop if you them. want to, yeah, like the like the ghoul said, you know, check out the uh, tales from the Spider Verse. Into the Spider Verse, a lot of fun. Mm. It's, uh, again, yeah. it's, a, it's one of those. I'm not a big animated fan. I, I don't watch a lot of animated films anymore, and that oh, one, you're very again, animated. Just a, yeah, I, I'm an animated person, but again, I don't watch cartoons the way I used to, and that's one that I, I don't really call a cartoon. It's an interesting animation style. It utilizes. Yeah. multiple styles of animation in and of itself and the fucking performances from everybody are just it's just banging it's banging it's a great movie and they have that suit in the miles morales game for ps4 ps5 uh spider-man they have the into the spider-verse uh, uh outfit where you could actually put it onto a mode where it's like a movie where he moves just cool. like he did in the movie which is kind of weird janky animation but it looks really fucking cool i mean i'm not a miles morales fan i want to stand in one miles morales movie Absolutely. I, I, I agree uh, with that. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm still playing the first Spider-Man game, um, you know, the PS5 remaster or whatever. I'm at like 92%. Yeah. So story's almost done. I've got all the side nice. shit that I'm doing. I've unlocked almost all the costumes. Yeah, there is one cool costume that you get from Spider-Man, which is like a Spider-Man animated from like the old 60s cartoon. Um, <laughs> the old comic strip, so that's dope. what it is. It's, it's kind of jarring yeah. when you see it in the real world, so to speak, <laughs> of the game because it's so like ultra-realistic. Like I sent, I sent the Dean a bunch of pictures and video of, of some of the stuff that this machine puts out, and it's just it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's like something, something yep. else entirely. 
So good luck, anybody that, that if you can get it, find a way to get it. You know, I have to give my mom a lot of credit, man. She uh, she scored one for my nephew. So uh, you know, props to to Mama Donna there because she uh, that kid wanted that for his Christmas gift, and somehow she found a way to get it for her grandchild. Jesus, he that's two she scored this holiday season. She scored a fucking Xbox Series X for me and a PlayStation Five for him. You know, she's uh, there's no messing around with my mom. Slam dunking all of the Christmas season. So, Don't worry, Cool right. Love got this shit. <laughs> yeah, got it on lock. All right. So, uh, Dean, go ahead. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Horror news. And I know you want to get to Cold uh, Time. Slow, slow, and slow, slow, slow down on the horror news, okay? What's that you want to uh, talk about? Because because intro. <laughs> the the <laughs> Cobra Kai. And the I, you know, I have to say, when when <laughs> Ghoul sent that, that link, I saw the link in our thread this morning, and... I might have like clicked on it for a second and like then I had to like switch gears and do something else at work real quick. Uh you know, my, my time to like turn on at work was like about to hit and I I didn't realize what it was that was sent to me. I didn't realize that it was a link to a trailer. Um and I was like, Oh, whatever this is, this I'll just look at this in a little bit and then uh saw some of our other chatter and realized that there was a trailer. Um and then I maybe I saw something on uh on Twitter or something that was like chosen and i had recently uh watched someone online someone on youtube's uh, like cobra kai analysis that they believe like geisha um that believes like that uh that believed <laughs> that chosen was going to return That's like and girl. you know the person even showed that chosen the actor uh has been like like the busiest man in movies since uh, Karate Kid 2 like he's a very oh, steady really? busy work, uh, uh, yeah not in America but um, you know he has he has a resume of, of a million miles long and the guy was like well based on when they were filming for Cobra Kai 3 if you look at his IMDB it's not listed but there's nothing else listed in that time and if you look he has had multiple irons multiple irons in the fire uh, every year since the karate, since the Karate Kid Part Two, so he was like analyzing and trying to think of how he work work into the story. And when watching this trailer, I, I I have to say I did not I was not expecting to see both Kumiko and Chosen. Like I don't know what the hell is going on, how they're going to fit into the story, but this has been <laughs> the most brilliant uh, television. And we're less than a month we're, we're less than a month by a day away from the third season, and I truly can't even exp- how excited I am for season three. Um, there's been very little to be excited about in these times that we're living in right now. Uh, you know, one of those things that was so exciting and thankfully lived up to my expectations, as we've talked about, was the ACDC record. And now we have this to look forward to um, in this bummer times. Uh, and I just, I just cannot wait for it. I'm so excited to see what they're going to do with the story. That trailer was really exciting. Mm. Cool. What'd you think about the third season trailer for Cobra Kai? Shit, man. You know, I was the one getting all offended last night about, you know, so one of our uh, our, our friends within the, the horror community, you know, is, uh, who claims to be like a big 80s fan, all this and that, and how he loves all the Karate Kid movies, and yet for whatever mm. reason, he just can't no, he get doesn't. this show. You know, he just somehow if doesn't you, get this show. If you truly love the movies... 
there's no way you don't love this show. Like, I, I don't get it either. It's like a direct continuation, you know, and he wants to go on about how, like, well, you know, blah, 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 you're supposed to hate Daniel, but then you know, he, basically the way he feels is there's no good characters on the show, that they're all despicable characters. For me, I don't get that whatsoever. I enjoy the kids. No. I enjoy the adults. <laughs> I enjoy everything about this. The ride has been phenomenal, you know, watching Daniel, with, you know, when you look at him from the perspective of kind of being the douche, you know, we're getting it from John. Johnny's perspective. We're getting Johnny's redemption story. We're kind of getting Daniel's redemption story in a lot of ways. And even if you're a younger person trying to watch this series, the younger characters are actually fucking awesome too. You know, Robbie is a very great conflict character. Miguel is your Daniel son. You know, so so like all of these. Things no, Miguel are there. is all also Miguel has also there. become a conflict character. Um, yeah, and, and what's it, so great is that when it Daniel comes to character. Yes, originally. Uh, when it comes to the adult characters, when it comes to Daniel and Johnny, what's so great is that there's like they're so like lovely. Like, like the drawing of these characters for the show is just so lovely because there is no clear like good guy or bad guy. Like obviously in the film, like Daniel is the good guy, Johnny is the bad guy. But they've made these characters so multifaceted for the show that like you're rooting for one and then like. A few minutes later, you're rooting for the other. Like, it's not, like, neither of them are the villain. Like, obviously, they have framed up Kreese, and now there's a common enemy between the, for the two of them. But mm-hmm. neither of them have ever been 100%, like, likable, nor have they been unlikable. Like, it's, it's, it's a really cool trick that I really feel they pulled off. And that's that's good writing, and that's good storytelling, and that's that's attention to the to the characters from both the writer's standpoint and the performances of the actors. You know, these guys could just be dialing this in. They can, seriously, they could just be like, hey, you know what? We're going to be making money no matter what, how we do it. People are going to tune in. This could be a train wreck of a show, and it would still have a modicum of success. So the fact that what they're delivering, you know, you could see that they actually appreciate, love the characters that, that made them who they are, and they love them enough to give us fans something like this is just again I, I so much praise for this show i love it so much i'm so fucking excited for next month it's not even funny you know here i was a week and a half ago <laughs> literally like laying in my house starting to write notes okay writing notes of uh, just in case i fucking die because of how bad off i was feeling at that point between the fucking shits and everything else that was going on with the fucking covid that now, like, I, I'm feeling better, and I've got stuff to really look forward to now. And it's like, yeah, dude, you, 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 you have, you have spiritually had Mr. Miyagi rub his hands together and, and put it on you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, man, I got, I got lucky yet again. You know, I'm having too many fucking brushes, too many close brushes with this shit lately. You know, between my heart in 2019 and now this in 2020, like, I'm good. I need to fucking, like, be fully cleansed here and just have, like, a nice decade worth of fucking just no no trouble, man. Give me, like, 10 to 15 years of no trouble, and I'll be a happy man. <laughs> That's ambitious. But, yeah, I'll take a year. Just give me a good year and nothing bad happening. <laughs> 10? Man, yeah. I hope. But, jeez. Yeah, like a, six six months, months, like, hey, man. Fucking people sticking metal shit in my goddamn fucking heart veins and... Choking to death and fucking dying of fucking 
this COVID shit, you know, which is still going on and just getting worse for everybody. We're seeing the fucking the shit coming up now from the Thanksgiving holiday, and you know, with, with yeah. everything else going on right now, it's just it's not going to get better soon enough, you know. And then to make it worse too, I guess they uh, they started doing the fucking started doing some of these vaccines and I guess people that have now they're saying that people who are highly allergic to things probably shouldn't get it because Pfizer's vaccine seems to have some kind of major side effect, which is a problem. There are major allergic Mm. reactions to it. So it's an allergic reaction. But what my reading was that the people that had allergic reactions are people that were prone to allergic reactions so much so that even they carried EpiPens on them on the regular, um, but still not a, not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what what exactly constitutes allergic reactions to things, you know? I'm highly allergic I, I to poison see. ivy. Like where's that gonna put me in the fucking day, you know? So <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> did did you have to ever because of all of the time spent on the toilet, had you ever had to did you have to rub any salve on your butthole? No, thankfully, you know, there was only one evening, and I'm guessing it was because it had to have been stomach acid, because I had definitely not eaten anything spicy. There was just one evening in which it it hurt, and it hurt bad, and that was about it. Again, you know, it was just after that was just misery of just whatever it was, whatever it was that was coming out of me. Uh, uh Uh-huh. Sure thing, man. Don't get COVID. Okay, like I said last week, do yourselves a favor. Don't get fucking COVID. Okay, believe me. Wear masks. Wear gloves. Sanitize. All this shit. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, monkey, what did you think about Cobra Kai season three trailer? I was just stoked, man, <laughs> just to see him come back. And you know, like they said, you know. It's getting picked up by Netflix now, so hopefully they have more money. Obviously, I'm thinking so because of the amount of people they're bringing in. It's just now – but the problem is now we're get, starting to get to a really, really huge cast, and they're still bringing more people in. And I just hope they keep the writing tight, and they're still giving everyone time to be able to tell their stories while we're still welcoming these new people into the family of the show. If I could just interject on that real quick, I mean, it's I don't think they're introducing Kumiko and Chosen to become main cast characters. It looks like Daniel's right. going to take a trip to Japan. And while he's in Japan, you know, so this this might be like a two to three episode arc for Daniel mm-hmm. while things are still going on on the California side with Johnny and Miguel and company. So. Yeah, I still think the main focus of the show is going to be the characters that we know and have been focused on for the last two seasons. Do you think that uh, like his him him going to Japan? Do you think that arc is like, you know, his Daniel's wife was furious with him at the end of season two? Uh, Do you think it, it maybe it's like a I need to like go away and find my grounding and my center? Uh, like kind of moment for Daniel realizing everything he was involved in and how badly it had spiraled out of control. Yeah, yeah I mean it would really be obvious. Point. It would be the obvious way to go with it for him to find his balance. But you know, being that yes, his his art is centered in Miyagi Do karate. Um, he is not Japanese. So, I mean, as a character, I feel like that would be kind of like a weird step for him to be like, well, 
you know, I know I'm an Italian-American character from New Jersey originally, and I'm living in California now for the last 30 or so years. Well, <laughs> but I'm going to you know, you... now because, you know, I'm going to appropriate their culture to be like a, to be like a Japanese Miyagi man, you know well, what I mean? Hey, mac and cheese. There's something that he might need to, if you think back to the, to the, the teaser, when he said in the teaser, like, Mr. Miyagi wouldn't keep any secrets from me. Like, maybe there's something in that secret that, that draws him to go there. I think it's property. I think there's going to be some kind of – there's going to be a reason that Daniel has to go to Japan, whether it's Action Miyagi has set. some kind of love child <laughs> or, you know, maybe he secretly got married to Sato before they left. And maybe Sato passed oh. something else. Maybe he's going to collect that big freaking piece of wood that they were just chopping all the time. Uh, I don't know. Some, <laughs> something will cause Daniel to go. I don't think he's just going to be going for the purpose of, like, recentering himself. I think that's something that's going to happen when he goes there. It'll be yet another him yeah. finding balance, him making peace with just, yet another enemy, you know. If he can make peace right. with and Chosen, I, I really. I don't think that I don't think that Daniel is the one that needs to make peace with Chosen. I think it might be the other way around. Like Daniel mm-hmm. did what he had to do. I don't think he walked away from that struggling because of his relationship with Chosen. I think Chosen, like that character, is ripe to be struggling with the choices that he has made. Uh, he is the one that 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 has to live with the dishonor and the choices that he's made. And given that the actor who played Sato is dead, like. He, maybe there's something where he never got a chance to right his wrongs or repair things with his uncle and it's something that he's been struggling with. And like, I'm truly hoping for some type of human drama along those lines. I don't want to see like chosen as a, like a, an adversary once again. I think that's going to happen. Obviously from the trailer, you kind of see what looks like them in a small dojo or whatever. So we may have almost like a Morpheus Neo type of fight between the two of them. Uh, maybe it's something <laughs> short, which cool either way. Um, but yeah, no, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Not only does that make sense for chosen to be looking for his, you know, rede- his redemption here. Um, but it also gives Daniel an arc of learning how to forgive you know, which is something that we've seen him kind of have this issue. He can't let go of this rivalry with Johnny. He can't fucking just get over everything that happened with Johnny. Every time something comes up, he automatically blames Johnny for everything. So maybe this is part of Daniel's story, and maybe we're not going to immediately get that with Johnny, even though we see that they're going to have to work together at some point in this trailer uh, during the season, but maybe this is a step towards that by him learning how to forgive the person that tried to kill him. Maybe then he can learn to forgive the person who's just simply been his rival for all these years. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and lots of interesting t- stuff. And oh, okay. Being, cool. And believe me, okay. well, go ahead, monkey, please. I would love to hear your thoughts. I was going to try to kind no, of keep interrupting. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, yeah, like we said in seasons one and two, you know, that uh, Johnny and Daniel, like, seem so close to being, you know, very good friends. Like, you know, it's there, you know, the possibility. But then something always happens to where the the friendship, you know, the possibility for friendship is there, but also that bridge is really brittle, you know, and they have to work on finding a common ground, which I think is what's, you know, they found their mutual enemy there. And uh, season three, they're going to have to work together 
and possibly, you know, like I said before, make a new style of blending the two. Mm-hmm. Well said, Monkey. What did you think of the, the trailer, Kang? I thought it was great. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of good notes, like you were saying, just about the nostalgia factor and just kind of getting back into it, the team up of, of Danny and, and Johnny Lawrence. But to me, all I got to say is, listen, season three could be great. The only way I want it to end is if at the very end, Terry Silver shows up and goes, the real challenge begins, Danny boy. Fuck yeah, do it. Well, I want on, that to on, happen. On that, on, on that note, King, there's been a, a going back to the first season, uh, there's been a longstanding mm-hmm. rumor uh, that uh, Terry Silver maybe uh, is Miguel's father. That's a possibility. And, oh. And that is because uh, whatever, what is it, was it, what was the country that Miguel was from? Was it uh, like El Salvador? Like where, where, where was he El from? El Salvador, Colombia, something like that. So, yeah. Yes. Whatever it's country, whatever he was country, like a drug lord or an oil baron yeah. or some shit. Yeah. Whatever, whatever country that Miguel uh, is from. If you think back to Karate Kid 3, Terry Silver talks about like, I don't know, like being involved in like dumping waste or something in that same country. Mm-hmm. And in the first season, uh, Miguel's mother, I don't think it they was talk the same of, country. I think it's the same region. It might not be the same country. I would have though. to, I, I would have to go back and look. But in the first season, Miguel's mom says that his father in their country was involved in some very bad stuff, and that is what led the rumor uh, to be that perhaps Terry Silver is is the father. Bring him back. Very cool. But it would be amazing that they, more. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. amazing that all these people end up in, uh, you know, Reseda. <laughs> or wherever the fuck is on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right, moving away from anyway. Cobra Kai, well, it's the end team. Yeah, good, 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 good talk. It's so exciting. Uh, this series wrapped up just in 2014. It's just a few years ago. Um, and already HBO is talking about how they are going to bring back the, their, their popular series, True Blood. Uh, no! Yeah, uh, it, but in a, it's not yet known if this is go. Some reports are saying that it's a reboot. Other reports are saying that they're unsure if it's a reboot or a continuation. Um, it's going to oh, be God, executive produced by uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, uh, who was the EP of Riverdale, and Joni O'Brien, who is the executive producer of Nosferatu. Um, the original HBO series starred... Uh, Anna Paquin, who, who you might know as Rogue uh, from the X-Men series in the Marvel Universe. Uh, she was also but, uh, Yes, and yeah, sure. um, you know, it's not known if, uh, again, if she is involved, it's not known what this exactly is, but apparently uh, you know, six years on, uh, HBO is bringing back True Blood, and maybe that's following the same guidelines as like what Showtime is doing with Dexter, uh, but time will tell. But I saw that today and just thought it was interesting uh, to note that uh, True Blood is coming back in some fashion. I'm here for it. Even so, though that show went off the road. I might be wrong, but so isn't what? True Blood based on like a book series? Yeah, yeah I don't Sean know. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, did the I book wrote the first series three. Go, did the book series go past where they ended in the TV series? A little I bit. Yeah, books are complicated. So they, they, they kind of <laughs> veered off from the books. I, like around season a lot, five. yeah, <laughs> a lot. Well, the show I'm, also veered off the fucking path. 
Well, yeah. I mean, what I'm wondering is if maybe they're doing something along the lines of what we saw happen with the Vampire Diaries series, um, mm. where that started as a series, and then you had the spinoff, which became the originals. And then when the originals mm. ended and the Vampire Diaries ended, everything kind of fell into the new show called Legacies. So it's a continuation of kind of both of those two series. So maybe if they are going the route of continuation, it's just going to pick up some of the characters or at least some of the, 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 rel- the relations of the characters to a newer series. Xavier School for Gifted Monsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they messed it up pretty well. I love the originals, exactly. and I think Legacies is all right. It's nothing great, you know. But it's not the, the original. The, the, that, the, that the, the, the diva loves the diva loves Legacies, man. <laughs> it's all right. It's not terrible, you know. And the, the one twin is real cute. She's got one of those like pouty mouths, you know, where she just always looks like she's not smiling. She just always has that like downturned frown thing, and it's like you just yeah, you want to do naughty things to her face. Um, but that being said, True Blood, I know the cool girl was a huge fan of. I actually, you know what? Mm-hmm. I've tried multiple times to start that series. I might get a couple of episodes in, and every time I'm just like, this just ain't for me. Yeah, I watched everything. I followed it to the end. I, uh, yeah, I watched all of season one, like, you know, feverishly. Uh, then after that, the diva kept going and going and going with the show. So I had to deal with it on in the background. So, yeah, I kind of knew who, what was going on. But, yeah, like the king said, it really goes off the rails at the end. <laughs> I think I finished season one. I think that's as far as I got. Yeah, season two was pretty good. But, yeah, after they introduced werewolves and witches and fairies, it just kind of went off the rails. They just didn't know what they were doing anymore. I was like, this used to be about vampires. Nope. <laughs> the show just used to have vampires in it. Now we have everything. <laughs> yeah, Every- so, I mean, we'll see. I thought it wrapped up pretty well, but all right, Dean, what's next? So, uh, did everybody get a chance to tra- check out the trailer for the upcoming CBS series, Clarice? Sure did. Yeah. And does anybody have me. any opinions on the CBS trailer for Clarice? Not me. I don't think there was enough. I don't know what you guys thought, but there wasn't really enough there to form an opinion. There's just a couple shots and 39 seconds, so I don't know. I'm definitely going to watch it when it comes out. But. Yeah, it looked like part of a Nine Inch Nails video. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I was, I was just waiting for the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, so look, apparently the, teaser, the series is going to... But it looks like it's got Buffalo Bill in it, judging from the, the moth yeah. and shit like that that we were seeing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that will yeah. be curious to see how that works its way into, because what I'm reading is that the series uh, is going to take place one year after the events of Silence of the Lambs, but uh, before uh, anything from Hannibal. Uh, so in oh, watching okay. the trailer, while they didn't give us much, um, I did appreciate that it appeared to have the kind of same kind of gloomy uh, atmosphere that the Silence mm-hmm. of the Lambs film had. So, you know... I, I'm kind of interested in it. I might take a peek. Uh, with that being yeah. said, when it comes to the world of Hannibal Lecter, truly, I have only read Silence of the Lambs and seen the Silence of the Lambs movie. I didn't see any of the pre- other uh, movie versions. I didn't read any of the other books, nor did I see any of the Hannibal TV series. 
Um, but I don't know. There's something about this that I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in a little bit, so maybe I'll check it out. Well, you, you, should read you watched Russian. Red Dragon with us, right? Oh, right, right, right. But that that was oh, – wait. Would, uh, I'm so confused. No, I might have missed that one. I think I missed that one. Yeah, but okay. yeah, we definitely covered okay. it on the show. But yeah, right. Well, that Man, was, that, that was, was not the one. That's not the one that that's pre Silence of the Lambs, right? That that one. That is no. Silence of the Lambs. The movie, I think, like Ronnie Cox is in the movie. I'm thinking of something else, right? Brian Cox, he played Hannibal Lecter, Brian Man Hunter. That's mine. Yeah. Man, uh, Man, Man, Man Hunter. Man Hunter. Man right, Hunter. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, that's what. Yeah, I'm so thinking. that's that's it. all right. But yeah, so. I know it's going to be Hannibal less, you know, Corey, so there's not going to be Hannibal Lecter in the series. But if Buffalo Bill shows back up, I'm for it, because I, I thought that Ted Levine did such a great job. I'd love to see what somebody else could do with the character. So, uh, well, if it's going to take place after, he then he's dead. Yeah did, did he, yeah, did he die at the end of Silence? Yeah, he got shot. Maybe, that. That's right. maybe. So, flashbacks. Well, maybe Clarice will be, like, struggling with nightmares and flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I think it's going to be dealing with it. the after effects of what she went through. Probably going to play on the career. You know, I mean, when that's what you start your career with, you know, it's the kind of thing now where you're going to yeah. have expectations. Plus, I'm sure the I'm sure it's going to be Hannibal as far as, like, the character not being there. But, you know, obviously he's going to be a specter because of her involvement with him and the fact that he's missing. Yeah, yeah. he's in Italy. Waiting to get somebody to dinner. True. He did say he <laughs> yeah, wasn't going to call her, but you still never know when dealing with a, you know, when dealing with a, a maniac like Hannibal. A maniac. It, it would be nice. <laughs> it, it would be nice though if they sit there and say they're going to keep it Hannibal just to throw a couple things in there every once in a while, like just her getting a random letter or just a random postcard from somewhere or something like that. You know, just yeah, something. You know, like that. You don't have to have the character, but just have them still being involved with her life in some way so that he's letting her know that he hasn't forgotten about her. It'd be good for the series, but it wouldn't work with the books and the movies. Is Hannibal put her in the rear view after Sounds of the Lands when he pick up in oh, uh, okay. Italy and with I, Hannibal. I think the you know, problem he, is if you yeah. actually start bringing in the idea of him writing letters or making phone calls and shit, the audience is going to eventually have this expectation that he's going to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, again, yep. I think as far as him being involved, I think there's no direct connection to him. It's just more of her, you know, her higher ups constantly feeling like she's going to have some way of getting to him. You know, like it'll just be something that mm-hmm. gets brought up every now and again. Oh, uh, okay. Good point. <laughs> that work that way. All right, Dean, what's next? Uh, not necessarily a piece of horror news, but a piece of interesting news uh, featuring someone that has been the star of several films that we've covered on the show. Uh, one of the King of Horror's personal favorites, uh, that being Nicolas Cage. Uh, Hell yeah. He <laughs> uh, has signed on to be the host of an unscripted comedy series for Netflix. Uh, that is going to be called uh, his- The History of Swear Words. Uh, this show is being brought to us by Funny or Die and B-17 Entertainment. There's going to be 20-minute episodes that will examine the usage, origins, and cultural impacts of different swear words, such as fuck, shit, bitch, dick, and pussy. 
So if you want to see Nicolas Cage <laughs> uh, lead you on a journey to examine different swear words, Netflix will be the place to go. Uh, there is no word on when that will uh, see the light of day, but that is an official uh, statement uh, of series going into production. I can't Plus, wait. On top Take of that, away, Nicolas Cage. To, put, to, to give Rage Cage, you know, an unscripted role and just be like, here you go. Just have at it. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> Today, boys and girls, we're going to be talking about the word fuck. It's a fucking great word, and we need to use it more fucking often, if you get what I mean. <laughs> Episode one. <laughs> yep. Uh, as much as I have is. a love for Nicolas Cage and a love for when he goes into his freak out and all that, uh, it's a, an acquired taste. There's only so much of it I can deal with, and there's only so yeah. many levels of it that I really enjoy. You know, when it works, <laughs> it's great. When it when it doesn't, it's like, yeah, you better fucking just turn this off. <laughs> yep. That's why twenty minutes. Is I perfect. agree, man. And there you have it. 20 minutes, hit it and quit it. Get on out the door. <laughs> so, it would be episodes. I can never go just yeah. 20 minutes. That's the problem. Next. Wow. Not a problem. Hard for me. Them? On the Talking Terror Facebook page, uh, oh, has stated go. that he doesn't believe in any way that Jamie Lee Curtis is a scream queen. Uh, apparently nope, MTV still does the MTV movie awards. Like I have no fucking clue that that was still fucking going on. Um, you know, what does MTV like have anything to do with the movies anymore or when do they ever, but, um, they Pop gave culture, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, they gave Jamie Lee Curtis the, the, the greatest scream queen of all time award. And the King, the King, his, his, his Royal feathers were ruffled on Facebook. Uh, saying that Jamie Lee Curtis is no scream queen. No, I don't not. understand this statement. Uh, I would like to get the feelings of the ghoul and the monkey on their thoughts on Jamie Lee Curtis as a scream queen. Monkey, go, go ahead, cool. Okay, um, I gotta agree with the king here, man. It's like she is awesome in horror movies. Like you know, um, you know, she, she's done her bit. You know, she from doing her movie bits. And then going around and supporting other people in the horror industry, she's been awesome. But she's not a scream queen. She doesn't scream in her roles. It's like she's great as, you know, a final girl. But, no, she's not a scream queen. It's just, ah, it's just, yeah, it's just, no. And I'm sure the king, when he gets to it, he's going to have a whole list of actresses who are better at the actual role of scream queen, but it's just Jamie Lee Curtis, while very, very impactful, just is not by definition a scream queen. That's yeah. Cool. What do you think? Wow. Um, <laughs> I couldn't disagree with either of you more on this one. Um, <laughs> right. and, and this is coming from somebody who I'm sure the Dean can attest to. I'm a very literal person. I really am. Like, you know, unfortunately, as, as much as I might have a weird sense of humor, there are plenty of things that go over my head due to the fact that I just kind of look at things very literally often. So 
the fact that you're saying it's because she doesn't scream in her movies is why she's not a scream queen just utterly baffles me. You know, I look at a scream queen, it's not just about the fact that she can, quote unquote, literally yell from her lungs. It's about her impact on the industry itself, which in this case, you know, being how many horror films she was a part of, how many impactful and important horror films she was a part of. Um, I think she absolutely is a scream queen. You know, it's not that she goes, ah, you know, she's part of what has made us scared over the years. You know, you can't, she's synonymous with horror films. You know, most people know Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween, you know, so it's, it's I don't I I can't see it any other way. So I think 100% she is a scream queen. Uh, they, 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 yeah, they got it right. And yeah, I mean I, I'm with you on the on the relevance of MTV. Um, I don't know what MTV <laughs> shows anymore besides like Teen Mom repeats and The Jersey Shore and oh, shit God. like that. Um, I, I I don't know oh, if yeah. they do anything with movies anymore. Obviously, I guess they still do the MTV Movie Awards um, yeah. because you know it's it's a money maker. I guess I guess yeah. it gets the teens yeah. to tune in. Well, well, Dean, how about you give your opinion and then look into the king because that's he's the one that his royal yeah. feather. I'm more I'm more <laughs> I'm more lined up with with the ghoul on this one. Uh, it's just one uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, you know, obviously got her career started uh, featuring in uh, several horror movies to varying degrees of quality, including one that arguably uh, is the greatest horror movie of all time. And if not the greatest, certainly one that belongs. If there was a Mount Rushmore and you had to pick four horror movies, like Halloween should be on that fucking mountain. Uh, Aside from that, uh, while in like, I guess the mid stages of her career, she did kind of drift off of horror and, 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 was in a more uh, mainstream variety um, with her career, she also has found her way back to it. One with uh, H2O and then her brief appearance in, in Resurrection, but like even now, 40 years later, is starring in a trilogy of very successful, and we can debate the merits of the movies, whatever, but uh, box office success, a $250 million box office, uh, 40 years later. So she's still doing it. So yes, I am of the mind that Jamie Lee Curtis, as far as female performers in the horror genre, like she's the fucking queen, queen, queen. So that's, that's my thoughts. I know the King uh, vastly feels differently. I do. I do. Your turn. Okay. Well, it's not the fact that she doesn't scream in her movies. So I kind of disagree with, with uh, the monkey on that one. For me, it's, she stumbled into Halloween, 1978. She wasn't the first choice for John Carpenter. He wanted Anne uh, Lockhart, which is June Lockhart's daughter, to play the role. And Deborah Hill was the one that said, it would be great if we bring in Jamie Lee Curtis. She's the daughter of Janet Lee from Psycho. <clears throat> it could be good for ticket sales. It could be good for this movie. So he reluctantly said yes, and she did her part in the movie. But it wasn't like she sought this movie out and then fiercely defended it after it came out. It was a movie role for her. And then she did a favor for John Carpenter with The Fog. She was contractually obligated to do Prom Night because they sought her out and they gave her a ton of money for it. And Terror Train was the same thing. It was a paycheck movie. It really didn't mean anything to her. When I see these movies that she's in, it's not her that I'm going to see these movies for. Even Halloween 2018, I was going because Michael Myers is back. I wasn't going because it was Laurie Strode's story and we're going to see this final battle. 
is she an okay actress? Yes, I think she's capable of, of doing movies and even non-horror movies she's good in. But I just, I hate the term scream queen in general, just because I just, I think, you know, just because you did a bunch of horror movies, it doesn't mean that you're a scream queen. It just means that you did horror movies. You know, it, it just, it, there's plenty of people like Lene Quigley and even Daniel Harris who did a ton of horror movies and I have a lot of respect for them, but I just don't agree with that title role. You know, but so, those you know, like, actresses so also don't yeah. turn into mainstream success. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. Right. It's just the one other question. Yeah. You know, you don't see Linnea mm-hmm. Quigley in mainstream films. You don't really see Danielle Harris right. headlining mainstream films. And as far as, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis goes, sure, you go to see those movies for, you know, The Killers and Michael Myers and so forth. But the question is, would those films have as much... Would they have been as good with another actress in those roles? I think arguably, especially with Halloween, without Jamie Lee Curtis's innocent performance that she pulls off very well, it's believable, Mm -hmm. her role in that movie. And that, I think, helps everything with it. I think the rest of that, I think if you put another actress in that role, you might not have as good a movie. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, and that's the thing, is that I think about, Halloween, of course, but then I think about movies like Prom Night and The Fog and Terror Train. You could put anybody in those roles that she played, and it would have been just as much of a fine movie as it was without her participation. It's just that with Halloween, she ended up creating inadvertently this character of Laurie Strode, who became iconic in slasher films with Halloween, with sequels, and then 2018, and then the next round that we're getting soon. But all the other horror movies that she did that people remember her for, it could have been played by anybody. Like, I've just always thought that Jamie Lee Curtis was so wooden in her performances and just very, just nothing there where I was like, this, this actress is going places. The fact that she became so famous, I was like, wow, good for her, you know, that she found work and she became as famous as she did. I just don't get it. I just, I never understood it with Jamie Lee Curtis. I just, all the movies that she's been in, I've watched a ton of them. She's never been the draw for me to watch those movies. Like, Trading Places, I'm there for Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. You know, I'm not there for Jamie Lee Curtis, even though she's funny and she's doing her job. You know, it's it's that's every movie I've ever seen her, and I'm always watching for somebody else. I've never uh, been interested in it because of her. Fish called Wanda. <laughs> she was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> what she brings to a film. You know, again, you can argue the merits of whether she's a good actress or not. I feel like whatever mm-hmm. she does bring, and you know, even if it's you know true true lies and stuff like that, I feel like she brings something that helps enhance everything else around it. She lends. You know, a, a believability mm. yeah. to the roles that she's playing. It makes the characters feel very real. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's, I mean, I, I won't give it away that she's not iconic and that she's not memorable and she's been in a ton of these movies, but even in 1996 when Scream came out and they had a scene with Randy and he's going over all these movies with Jimmy Curtis and he goes, she's the Scream queen. I was like, shut up, Randy. She's not. She's a horror <laughs> actress that hit mainstream success. You know, I just, I don't know. I think that's that term... Scream Queen needs to be obliterated. I just hate when people use it because I think there's just actresses in, in decent movies and, and deserve the respect, you know, that they deserve because they did these, uh, did these movies. But you know, we want to. You know, I don't know. Just I don't know. Well, that's I just, like you also I have a hard on the masters of horror. Like you don't like that either. Somebody's a master. Of I hate horror. it. Yeah, there's no such thing. They just a they directed movies that became like us. Being a, a king of horror is better than being a master of horror? <laughs> no, not at all. 
<laughs> because King of Heart just means I've watched a bunch of horror movies I have no life, and that's why I am that way, because I know a bunch <laughs> of vastly useless knowledge that's never going to get me anywhere in life. So that's why. I'm the Triple H of horror movies. I'm the King of Kings. And there you have it. To play the game. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the King <laughs> of Horror of Talking Terror. Um, it's a useless title. means nothing. Does, yes. does not like Scream Queens. Does or not like Scream Queens or Masters of Horror. Were you infuriated by that Showtime series, Masters of Horror? Of the title? Oh, after the title. I just, I mean, it's just, it was stupid, you know, because they, they had another show called Fear Itself that I thought was better than Masters of Horror, where it was other horror directors directing for television. Like Masters of Horror, get over yourselves. You're, you're great horror directors. No such thing as a master of anything. Because there's been a lot of shit <laughs> movies that you guys have done. Come on, Wes Craven, you did Deadly Friend. You're a master. Rest in peace, but still. <laughs> I like Come on. I like Deadly <laughs> Friend. I, know, but, I like Deadly Friend too. You know, it's not nice. I, I, I have you know. Here's an interesting fact you might not have known, but back in the high school days, uh, the ghoul was on the high school debate team, and he was the lead debater. He was a master. He was the master debater. Was he was the master debater. Oh, look at that! <laughs> the master debater, coming soon to Marvel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so what else do you have, Alien is back. Yay. Hi. <laughs> Marvel has announced uh, an Alien comic series uh, that is uh, going to be released in the spring. March of uh, 2000, where 2021 will be uh, Marvel Alien number one. Uh, it's going to be written by somebody named Philip uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, and um, the alien is returning in a comic series. So all the talk we've had about Walter Hill and everybody else that's been throwing their hats into the alien ring, uh, the alien will see its return uh, to the world via comic book series. I guess that's right. Of course, a lot of rights. <laughs> yeah. hey, no, no, I was just going to say, I guess Dark Horse lost the right sense of that, uh, again, because of who owns Alien. W- would that be uh, 20th Century Fox or something like that? Yeah, I think so. I think they're still the right owners. Yeah, but, but I could be wrong. so, yeah, I'm just confused there about the whole well, right thing, because means, I thought Dark Horse well, no, had the lock uh, on that. That means Disney hmm. owns it. So of course, because Disney bought Fox. Oh, remember? So right. If that's, that's if that's one of the properties that they purchased in that takeover, then they now own that. They own Marvel. Now, I know. They, I don't think they own Marvel Comics. Um, but it would make sense that they would license it, considering that they do all the Marvel movies. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to see a uh, – I'm going to guess that maybe we're not going to see the continuation of the Prometheus and, and all of that stuff. I'm going to guess we might be seeing a reboot Problem. sometime in the near future. Reboot! <laughs> Anything is possible. Everything gets a reboot. We shall see yeah. then. Yeah, exactly. Anything is possible. As long as it's not um, Alien vs. Yeah. Predator, we're yeah. good. Those would be stuck. Right. <laughs> right. As but if, if, if Marvel's gonna make the it, Predator if, <laughs> if Marvel's gonna make an alien move, uh, I'm just hoping they actually keep it R-rated, like Dark Horse did, because that was one of the cool things about Dark Horse and their comics was whether it was 
RoboCop, whether it was Terminator, whether it was Dark Horse, whether it was Predator, all of their books were rated R. Uh, you know, if I get my hands on it. <laughs> I'm in enough right. comic book groups right now that, you know, most of them have been posting about it. Um, you know, the obviously the, the majority of things that get spoken about, though, are just the uh, the sarcastic, you know, high-priced issues that we all seem to own that, that I don't know, that are actually not worth anything. And what's even funnier, though, is, oh, God, so, some of the money these dudes throw around, man, it's like some next-level shit. Yeah. Well, I, I, I couldn't fathom spending a couple thousand dollars on a comic book, man, and that's me as a comic book fan. On the flip side, I thank you people who are willing to pay that much money for back issues because I just ended up selling some of my uh, rare Star Wars comics on eBay, and yay, I'm able to make rent because of you guys, so thank you. Hey, all right. <laughs> thank the nerds. Indeed. Thank you. Pretty sure that was me. Sorry, not just kidding. <laughs> then, I, then I thank you for spending two hundred dollars on a Star Wars number forty-two first appearance of Boba Fett. <laughs> you are nope. awesome. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Not happening. No, nope. especially not for Boba Fett, man. Uh-uh. It wasn't until this <laughs> nope. past episode of The Mandalorian that Boba Fett was finally cool. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Going around kicking ass, taking names. Ah, yep, we're jumping in. Okay, so yeah, when Slave One showed up, no. I lost my shit. Okay, seriously, <laughs> I was just. <laughs> but um, and j- then you know, like you said, the shit that they did to the Razor Crest, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what the? <laughs> no, he just got it fixed, kinda. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still I, making uh, payments no. on it. <laughs> I know that uh, I, I knew that obviously we were going to whatever this planet was that that Grogu, you know, Baby Yoda, uh, had to Baby Yoda. reach out to the Force and all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't mind the name Grogu. I think it's kind of cute, actually, uh, and I, I prefer that over the child. Um, you know, so I'm glad to see he reached out with the Force. Um, so yeah, when Slave One comes flying in, and you know, now we have we have Boba Fett. You know, in full gear, you know, doing yeah. what it is that we've all, you know, always thought that he could. And I guess this is stuff that people that read the extended universe stuff with Boba Fett, like I never did. Um, I was never into the whole bounty hunter thing. I was more of the, the Jedi stuff. Um, yeah, I guess this is this is what everybody has always felt this character could do. I'm happy to see it because now at least I have an understanding of why he's as impressive as, as, as they make him out to be. I'm glad that he was kick-ass. I'm glad that he was better than his fucking dad, Django. Um, you know, even though they did, they did drop that line. Man, you know, the the just, D is silent. I'm just a, I'm just a man oh. you know, trying to make his way through the galaxy. I almost felt like that was like a fucking in-joke, as in like, yeah, here's some bad dialogue for you. Now we're about to show you all the cool shit that this character can actually do. I'm happy to see him finally fire that fucking rocket that he's got on his backpack, man. That's done a lot of damage. <laughs> Yeah, but then we get to see uh, yeah. Baby Yoda actually reaching out to the Force and then reaching out to some stormtroopers, and it was just fucking funny as shit. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. Baby Yoda beating the shit out of those stormtroopers. I was fucking rolling, man. <laughs> and it makes him sleepy, you know. 
but then that, that's how I feel these days. I feel like, you know, with, but with then, all the COVID and shit, like if I do too much, like if I walk from one room to the next, I got to lay down and take a nap. <laughs> but, the, but then we get yeah, to man. see a little bit more of the dark saber. We get to see that it's actually retractable like a lightsaber, you know. And so it's dark. Well, I'm uh, well, I'm not sure. It's just because again, the Mandalorians use them. So I, I don't know if maybe it's a lightsaber infused with, um, <clears throat> you know, their steel or not. Yep. Um, but I did love watching Mo- <laughs> Moff Gideon fucking Baby Yoda going, "Oh, you want this? You want this? You want this? Don't you? No." <laughs> It was just so fucking funny to see him <laughs> just fuck with Baby Yoda like that. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Darksaber was introduced in the Clone Wars cartoon. So I'm almost positive that it is. It's a variation of a lightsaber. Um, it has a history within the in-canon series. Um, I just haven't, you know, every time I try to watch the Clone Wars cartoon, I get like an episode or two in and then I'm so fucking sleepy. I'm like, I got to put something else on. Yeah, same here. It's like I started it when it start, uh, started way back in the day with the original mm-hmm. series uh, done by Gindy Tartofsky, but uh, yeah, then after oh, that, that I was just like, like no. Nah. was all the shorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did the whole reboot with it when they did a theatrical movie. Right. And then that led into the, like, the new series that is just finished up on Disney+. Plus. So the whole series is there. It's, uh, I'm still in season one, and I've been in season one for like four years now. <laughs> All right, but that pretty much covers the Mandalorian. Okay, this is the way. Carry on, <laughs> Demonic Dean. Thank you for letting us talk. Yes, okay, I'm glad that away. you guys went on the Star Wars tangent because uh, I'm just actually seeing this this news right now. Uh, the New York Times is reporting that tomorrow uh, Disney is going to be announcing a significant expansion of the Star Wars universe during tomorrow's investor presentation. Uh, Oh, there's going to be some really big Star Wars news tomorrow. Sweet. So what that means, Obi-Wan, Sebastian Stan is, we do not know Hmm. what that means. I do not know the answer, but that's what's going on there. A couple other things to get to really quick. Yep. Go ahead. Um, So, uh, Felissa Rose of Sleepaway Camp fame uh, has promised uh, that there is going to be something new in the world of Sleepaway Camp. Uh, she says, mark my words, that by the 40th anniversary, uh, there will be something new in the realm of Sleepaway Camp. Right now, it's the 37th anniversary. Uh, the last year, there's been any talk, apparently, uh, seven years ago. Uh, Robert Hitler, the uh, writer and director of Sleepaway Camp, uh, had said that he had uh, he and Felissa had been working on rebooting the Sleepaway Camp uh, mythos in some type of modern setting, uh, but that was seven years ago, and there really was nothing that gained any traction. Uh, but Felissa Rose, when uh, being interviewed just recently by Bloody Disgusting, uh, said that there is something in the works. Uh, she said that. Uh, she can't go into any details of what that might be, but she says, mark my words, you will see something new from Sleepaway Camp for, by, by its 40th anniversary. Oh. 
No, they think it, I I mean, think well, it You gave us all the information that you had. I was going to say, do they know if it's going to be yeah. like a sequel? Is it going to be a reboot or what? No, now, what they, year there was, was no talk. Sleep was, camp? Uh, let's see. Reboot? 2014? 2008? 2008? Return to Sleep Camp was 2008. Holy yep. cow, that was 12 years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> Put that in a review. Really? Yeah, they said last time, they said, yes, I'm looking at it right now. And uh, in this in this interview, uh, it said that it was seven years ago, which would be 2013, the last time that Robert Hiltzik was talking about uh, something new, but nothing has come from that thus far. Fascinating. Would make sense, because CKY had a cameo in that movie, and that was during the Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild album, and that was 2008. So, yeah, yeah makes sense. But yeah. just, I want a dark movie. Nothing like they did with Return to Sleepaway Camp. Uh, <laughs> I just want something similar to what they did with the original Sleepaway Camp. I mean, listen, obviously That's what I'm you, can't, about. you can't pull the surprise again. Nope. So, you know, at that point, you just got to go for kind of like a, uh, what do you call it? Um, what's that stupid camp series that's on Netflix? Um, they did the show, and then they Wet did the, on the movie. Yes, you know, you got to go with something <laughs> along the lines of that in a darker humor setting, you know. So yeah. I think they got it right with the original sequels to Sleepaway Camp. I think that's the way you go. It's sarcastic and mm-hmm. and just kind of funny while still staying within horror and slasher bounds. You can't recreate what the original film does. No. No way. All right, Dean, what else do you have? Uh couple of quick things to wrap up here. One, uh, HBO Max is very quietly uh, ending their free trial period. Um, the general thought is that with Wonder Woman 1984 uh, released just around the bend, uh, you know, they're not trying to be given any freebies uh, for that. Uh, what they are offering is, a, from what I was reading, a pretty significant discount on their monthly price if you pay for a six-month block. Um, but they have quietly ended the free trial uh, for HBO Max. And then, who's still got uh, it in the trial? world of how long that? was the trial that they were giving you people? I don't know. I didn't use the free trial from HBO Max. It might, yeah. I mean, I think it was maybe it was like two weeks, maybe or seven days. Like, but you know, it's December 9th, and Wonder Woman comes what on Christmas or December 24th or something yeah. like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they want to wrap that up and not have people watching that for free. You want to see it? You got to pay. You got to pay the piper. Oh, in other words, they're eliminating the free trial completely, as in it's not even going to be available anymore. Yes, they right. are eliminating Unless you're the free trial. Member. Gotcha. So, yeah. I thought you. Right. I thought you meant like and, you know people have been, who have been watching it for like the last three months or so have had it under a free <laughs> trial, and it's like, damn man, that's one fucking hell of a trial. No, 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 no. Like, you can no longer go and try to sign up and have a free trial to, to, to evaluate whether or not you want to become a subscriber. Um, but mm-hmm. they're offering, like I said, like a, like if you pay for six months at once, I think it's a pretty significant discount. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, but that's what's going on over there. And then also, uh, if you are a fan of the Walking Dead universe, it's been announced that the Fear of the Walking Dead offshoot has been renewed for a seventh season. And as far as the flagship, uh, Norman Reedus, uh, who apparently behind the scenes is a humongous 
a hobbyist in the realm of photography and always has a camera on him, uh, is releasing a photography book uh, that is called Portraits from the Woods. It's a, apparently a beautiful 144-page hardcover uh, book uh, that is available through Norman Reedus' website, Big Bald Galley. Uh, it will set you back uh, 75 bucks, uh, and there is also a special edition that comes in a cloth-bound clamshell case, and the proceeds from the special edition uh, go to the COVID-19 um, revitalization fund or uh, you know rescue fund or something like that. So, uh, Norman Reedus, if you're interested in a you know photography behind the scenes from all of the years of The Walking Dead, uh, you can now visit his site and pay for this book directly. Um, Norman Reedus, a big photographer, so they say. I wonder if his Daryl hair is a wig because his website is called Big Bald Galley and his new production company is called like Big Bald Productions. I wonder, I wonder if he's actually bald and that's his way of, of, of saying it to the world. Could be. No. Perhaps. I know when I saw right. that Monster Mania, he had hair. Yeah, definitely had it. Could have been a wig, though. You don't know. Very well, could have been a wig. But it was also before it was as disheveled as what you... I mean, no, don't get me wrong. He still looks kind of like he does on the show, but it wasn't at that level. Hmm. Uh, I guess he, he just okay. captures that, I don't know, that fucking heroin junkie look real well. Oh, like Eddie Furlong had that going for a while, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. All right, so is that a thing that I have? Finally, I got one more thing that's very important to talk about. Uh, the Lifetime <laughs> Network and Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, have teamed up to bring you the mini-movie called Recipe for Seduction, starring Mario Lopez as Colonel Harlan Sanders. Uh, I believe oh, this will so debut on the Lifetime Network this Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. Uh, it's, a, it's a love triangle gone wrong with Harlan Sanders, the new chef in town, uh, having to navigate his way uh, through the lady uh, that captures his eye uh, and the tangled web that she's involved in. He has to navigate his way through a lady? Wow. I, I navigate my way right through that. <laughs> she kind of looks like a hot, she looks like a young Francesca Lay. Yeah, you know that's when I got those vibes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well versed. That's a okay. good story, right, by the way. So, wrapping uh, up the car, dude. That is it. All right, so let's get into the movie tonight. Them, in 2006, directed by David Moreau and Xavier Pallet. This is your pick, Dean, so kick it off. Yes. Uh, we have Them, or Ills, uh, you know, French-Romanian our film from 2006 and 2000 uh, and what somebody's yelling at me. No, maybe, maybe I'm getting some feedback here, but anyway, uh, 2006 French Romanian horror film. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> you know, have, uh, you know, a couple uh, at their <laughs> home in the rural French countryside <laughs> and uh, they are uh, under, they're being invaded by unseen forces uh, and have to have to rely on the depths of their courage uh, to survive the night. Uh, apparently, uh, this is based on true events. 
but this is the film Ooh. Them. Uh, a very short watch clocking in. It's 74 minutes. Um, 74 God. minutes of terror and suspense as only the French Romanians can bring to you. Not <laughs> <laughs> French Romanians. only 74 two minutes. Places. <laughs> yeah, as long as they're from Romania and France are two different locations. <laughs> That's two different countries. Yeah, two different locations. But yeah. But, so, and what do you think about the movie, Dean? I mean, it's just it was completely fucking ridiculous. Um, you know, I found that there were I found that there were some you know there were some suspenseful moments I've I found, but like. I found this story to be one like completely implausible, especially once you figure out what exactly is going on and who is behind all of this. It's completely implausible, uh, completely unrealistic, makes zero sense. Um, you know, I felt that uh, the two main characters, uh, Lucas and uh, Clem, uh, you know, played their roles adequately. Um, I just, I, this was just, this was just silly. Um, you know, I, I, I'm curious to, to hear what, what all of you have to, to say about this one. Okay, so cool. What'd you think about them? I mean, you know, this is the strangers. You know, we saw this movie. Um, <laughs> you know that, uh, yeah, with, with Scott Speedman and uh, and Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, look, you know, based on a true story, based on true events, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, look, it's it's based on a supposed true story of two. Austrian people that disappeared in the Czech Republic and mm-hmm. supposedly they were killed by three teenagers and the no whole, evidence. you know, they, they wouldn't play for me lying like came up. Um, you know, there is no evidence for it. There's no nothing nope. on that at all. Uh, so it's one of those, those weird ones, you know? Um, yeah, this movie was all right. It was, I don't know. It was a bit of a mess. I'm glad it was only 74 minutes, but I'll be honest, it felt a hell of a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. Monkey, what did you think about them? Uh, another home invasion movie with no budget, no cameras, no lights. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, like The Strangers, it's like this is one of those things where People in the movie were so stupid. I was just waiting for some awesome shit to happen and them get caught and some nasty, nasty shit happened to them. It's like, you know, you know uh, like, like watching Strangers Pray at Night. Um, yeah, I was all about the people that were doing the chasing in this movie, not about the people that are being chased. I thought they were just stupid, making a million stupid mistakes. And I thought this was a movie that you watch to enjoy hoping that something really, really bad happens to the people that are being chased. Mm-hmm. 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 And King, what'd you think? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I had seen them years ago uh, when it came out on Fearnet, like I said last week. Um, the Strangers came out two years later uh, by Brian Bertino, and I thought that he did it better with the Home Invasion movies because the Home Invasion movies are the kind of only thing that really kind of settle me and kind of scare me a little bit just because it could actually happen. You know, none of us are safe in our homes, really. I mean, anybody could break in at any time. You don't know. Um, but that, it, it, when you say, like, it's silly, like the two people doing all these stupid things, you don't even really know what you would do if this was happening to you. Like, if, if somebody was invading your home, it's not like you would be like, Ash, or pick up a shotgun, be like, let's go, bitches. 
Like you, you probably wouldn't. You'd be terrified that there's people in your home and you would do everything that you could to defend it and protect yourselves, but you don't know. So that's why with Clementine Lucas throughout the duration of the film, I, I bought it that it was a realistic standpoint what two people would do when there's unknown entities breaking into their home and trying to kill them. And, yeah, the runtime being so short, it worked because there's just not a lot of story. You know, the biggest thing is the, that the attackers are who they are and that they're children, that they're not adults, you know, and they're kids playing with noisemakers and trying to terrify people. You know, even in the opening uh, with the mother and daughter in the car, like, you don't really know what it is. You don't know how many of them there are. You don't know if there's a group. You don't know if there's one. But you just know that they, they know how to get shit done. You know, they know how to terrify and they know how to kill, and they're not afraid to do it. And that's what I thought I enjoyed the most about it. Like, they are not afraid to, to murder. Right, but, okay, you sit there and talk about, you know, you would know, you know, no one would know what they would do if someone broke into their house. <clears throat> I've seen you, when shit goes down outside of your place, you go straight to the door without hesitation and immediately pick up the baseball bat. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't the pause, guy. you don't hesitate. Yeah, no, but, and me, I know that I have things, and at different places around my place so that if shit goes down, I know exactly where to go. All right. If I can't get to that place, there's another place I can go. If I can't get to that one, there's another place I can go. All right. These people were scrambling around the entire movie. Like it took them like, you know, an hour until they picked up their first weapon, you know, and like, like, seriously, it's just, when you're in that situation, especially if you're a guy protecting your woman, okay, you find something, anything to pick up to beat somebody the living hell out of with, all right? Well, and that, yeah. It's just, yeah, and I will say to that point, I agree, but there's that one point when they wake up and things are going down. At one point when Lucas has the upper hand of one of the teenagers and he has the fire poker in his hand, that's where, like, when I was talking about with Splice with uh, the ghoul not that long ago, when you have the assailant on the ground, you don't stop hitting. You don't stop bashing until there's nothing left but a pile of blood on the ground. You know, yeah. you just go, well, that's fine. Like, that's enough. Like, I, I think they've had enough. I'm just going to go try to find my wife now. No, you just you keep going. You don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't stop until you're just hitting yeah. the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, see, for me, though, that's why I do what I do appreciate with certain home invasion films. I like the ones that immediately, completely remove the male character from the equation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I like when they do that. You get, you know, with a good female lead um, being the damsel in distress, you know, because, again, the the automatic societal idea like you guys are all talking this and that and, you know um like like the monkey said to a degree nobody really knows what they're gonna do that's the whole fight or flight thing you know some people run some people fight um i, I know for me and the ghoul girl we actually have things stashed in specific locations throughout the house so that if anything was to ever happen, we've got specific weapons in places that nobody would even fucking think to look because that's just the kind of people we are. Um, we protect our own. Yeah, that same here. That. Um, <laughs> you know, so coming here, no, you're not, you're not getting away unscathed. I can tell you that much. But again, in 
a film standpoint, like I said, I enjoy it when they find some way to completely take the guy out of the equation, whether it's through a horrendous injury or through death. You know, I just think of things like uh, The Hills Have Eyes. You know, with the remake, yeah. and you see the yeah. father character who was supposed to be the big, tough, fucking, burly guy. He's an ex-cop, mm-hmm. and he's guns, and all this and that, and then he's just the shit kicked out of him, and he's tied up to that fucking post and lit on fire. You're like, holy fuck, man, these girls are in trouble now, because all they're stuck with <laughs> is the little kid and the pansy-ass husband. Uh, boyfriend. Whatever yeah. he was a husband. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, that yeah, ended up being enough. And they try to do it here in this movie where Lucas gets injured, you know, with a glass shard through the thigh. You know, he's kind of, he's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was such a weak thing. I mean, I would rather something worse happen to him to incapacitate him because they had the thing where, and that's what fucking completely lost me, is when they get to the fence and he can't climb over, so he tells her just to go. Just go get help. You know, I'm going to hide in the bushes. So she runs off and she finds the car that the attackers had taken earlier in the movie. And then he runs to the other side of the fence and sees it driving away as well. So how the fuck did you get there? You couldn't climb over the fence. So how are you in the road when the, the car is driving off? I just, I, I rewound <laughs> it. I was trying to figure that out. Well, because the, the fence eventually it, ends. It's got to end for the driveway. Yeah, that's true. I did mean, you notice, though, so weird that when, he, when, yeah. when he went out of the house mm-hmm. to approach the car for the first time before it took off, uh, did you notice yeah. the the blatant ripoff uh, of some of the pieces from the Halloween soundtrack? No. As he like no. approached the car, there was that like bump, hmm. bump. Like there was some other music, but it was so clear. Like as I was watching, it was like, right. oh my god, that's totally the fucking Halloween music without without question. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice that. That's weird. I'll have to go back and, and rewind that. Too you know, now that you, I didn't think about it when it happened, but now that you're saying it, I actually know exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to pull up the, like, the exact, um, like the exact minute uh, so you don't have to waste your fucking time trying to watch this shit again. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, we have this, you know, like you said, the big-ass house. The, you know, the thing isn't furnished, you know, for some reason. You know, not furnished at all, but they have an attic full of shit. Big houses are like that, dude. <laughs> I go into big too. houses all the time, man. When I worked in Little Silver, New Jersey, where again talking about like a big area code, big zip code area, um, not area yeah. code, zip code. Um, some of the houses in like that Little Silver, Rumson, North, uh, that the, that Middletown area there. Like, you go into these gigantic homes, and the reason why they don't look like they're furnished is because they're so big, there's just a lot of empty space. It's the kind of empty mm. space that we yeah. can't even fathom having because we never have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they had a huge outdoor, like, greenhouse that he was just typing his novel in. Like, you know, he's just hanging out when she pulls up. No, like, he yeah. wasn't. No. He was playing Windows 95 pinball. I used to play that all the fucking time back in the day. <laughs> yeah, right, just, I know. Just for the record, slacking off. I'm just going to interject <laughs> real quick. If you wanted to uh, see what I was talking about with the music, like legitimately, you go like exactly to the 30 minute mark and play it from like hmm. the 30 minute mark for like the next minute, and it's 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 so it's so apparent. Might be an homage. Okay. You know, might be them doing that for, for that. But yeah, you know, I mean, he is trying to write. I mean, his writer's mind never turns off. <laughs> you know, even when he's trying to be sick. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, have an opening kill in which you know he's 
choking somebody out, just like in Halloween, you know. So I yeah. think that's uh, it's, it's it's a if it is an homage, it's an obvious one, you know. I don't think they were trying to try to ape it in any way. Yeah, no, and, but but when, while we have like all the home invasion going on, I just wish they like teased with us a little bit more here and like you know just moved things around quicker or around or like done something like to add, add another couple actors or actresses into the home invasion. Need more people. Like maybe they were having company. Yeah, I was gonna say like you know they happen to be having company that night or something like that, and then this goes down. Then we could your work. your I next people. did that very well. Your next did that. You yeah, had multiple people in the house. It made the it makes everything move better because it's again when you only have these two people, the strength of their performances is what this entire film hinges on. And if you're not going to show yep. us the antagonists, then you better damn well make me like the protagonists. Or at least make me yeah, hate one of why. them enough to where I want to watch them die. In this case here, I couldn't care less what happened to either of these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just how much did we have to see Clem run in this movie? It's just, you know, I think, you know, you said uh, King, this movie running time was like 76 minutes or something like that. Um, yeah, and I yes. think we, yeah, and I think we spent 30 of it watching Clem run around the entire movie. A good <laughs> portion. By herself. Yeah. Good portion. yeah. And it's all like the ghoul just said. It's the strength of your characters. You know, the strangers from 2008, just two people, Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. And Scott Speedman is incapacitated at one point for a long period of time. It's a great which fucking movie. movie. I hate that movie. The strangers. The strangers. But I hate oh, yeah, the characters, right. which is what I think they wanted you to do. You were supposed to dislike them because they were a couple that yep. was trying to break up. Yeah, yep. That was the whole yeah, thing think... being at that house. Yeah. yeah, and I think they did the same thing in Strangers Pray at Night where they made the character so dislikable and stupid that, again, you were rooting for the killers. And I don't know yeah. if they were doing that in this movie, but, yeah, by the end of this movie, like, I just wanted them to get fucking caught in Dispatch or something because I just wanted something to happen. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I also feel like, and again, I know we're going to jump all over the place with this one, but, you know, I feel like they kind of watched the movie Hostel, and you had that gang of kids in Hostel, and somebody was like, hey, I have an idea. That would have been around, what, like maybe a year, a, a year before this one? Two years before this, Hostel? Yeah, that was 2005. Yeah, 2005, I believe, was first Hostel. Um, yeah, and it could have been. I mean, that's what I liked about this movie is the fact that they're children. You know, they're not adults. And they're just fucking with them constantly. Like when they're in the sewers, finally, which Romania has the most awesome sewers I've ever seen, where it's like, man, it's great down here. I'd fucking hang out down here. Like I'd be in one of those rooms fucking getting drunk and listening to like Dexter's Midnight Runners all night. Yeah, drinking wine and eating baguettes. Did you say baguettes? Because I can get some in France to go to Romania. And yeah, Dexter's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen, man. It's a hit. (laughs) So. I would just be down there dancing like Dexter's and then runners and, and getting drunk because it's a hot place to be. But down here, you have these kids that are just making a run of the place and attacking Clementine. And I don't know what they were fucking doing to her. Like, they, they had the bag over her mouth. I was like, but isn't that what you do for panic attacks? Like, they're killing her, but they're just kind of saving her from a panic attack. Like, it just it was a weird thing where the but one kid's like, you're no, killing her. Stop it. The, I think no, it was kind of like suffocating slash waterboarding. Yeah, because oh, maybe. it was. 
because they weren't letting her get any oxygen, so she was just getting in her carbon dioxide. So therefore, uh-huh. yeah, like the ghoul said. Yeah. Fucked up way to that go, man. More sense. That's some torture right there. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was just the way that it was happening. And then when the one kid decided, well, I'm going to help you guys out and I'll help you go through the tunnel. I love the fact that that kid fucking turned real fast. Like, no time at all. <laughs> as soon as he climbs down that ladder, the kid's kicking him down that ladder. I'm like, fuck you guys. Go get him. <laughs> you know? And then but, two seconds later, yeah, again, was... you have that moment where she has the kid on the ground. She picks up that rock. And he's like, please, no, we're just playing with you. No, you bash his fucking head in. Bash it until there's nothing yeah. left. Like, why are you hesitating? Yeah. Do it. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, you know you're, you're, she is just a. Oh, go ahead, Dean. She's just like a like a meager. She's just like a meager school teacher that was forced into an extraordinary circumstance. Uh, given extraordinary circumstance, that doesn't necessarily mean you have the wherewithal to bash a child on the head with a huge fucking rock. Uh, granted, you've got to do what you got to do to survive. Uh, but like she was squeal, yeah, little kid, and she was yeah. like even like hesitant and squeamish and squealing to like pull that little piece of glass out of homeboy's leg. Uh, the yeah. issues that I had once we got into this whole sequence is that, all right, we had the opening scene with the with the teenage girl and her mother, uh, and like the mother disappeared, Mama. and the girl was killed in the car, Mama. and we saw we, we saw Clem uh, like seeing seeing the vehicle being taken away. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie loves Mambo. Uh, seeing um <laughs> the vehicle Ronnie being taken away. <laughs> and you know we we don't know if uh from the film we're not given any information if this has been like like a like an ongoing situation of killings and disappearances or if that with the yeah. minivan was a one time thing uh and then she turns the corner and is home so i guess my question is like why now and That's how is this collection how does this quest how does this collection of kids uh has all of these underground tunnels that basically start at the end of Clem and Lucas's driveway? Uh they the they have system. they know all the land and they, they have mastered the sewer system and uh you know they know all of the, it just did there was pieces like that that just didn't make any sense. I have, especially because they the come system. out and they just la di da di da like go get on the bus and, and go away. Because they're okay. teenage Romanian miniatures. <laughs> so hold on. I found out, right? I did some research into this. And it turns out yeah. in Romania and in France, the same people that designed the sewer system in Astoria, Washington, are the, are the ones that designed the sewer system there. Okay. I'm sorry, that went way over your guys' head. Never mind. I'm not repeating all of that. No. Uh, what about what is the story of what is a joke, for God's sake? God. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, completely over my head with that one. I, yeah, take, that's a thinker. <laughs> I mean, good on you for that. But, yeah, I was a thinking one. Um, oh, so I was thinking, sorry, sewer, I, was like, taking that, they... I, I was taking, I was taking that too literally, ghoul. Sorry, it went over my head. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> think about it. I was like, is that real? For kids like, in sewers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's just the point. Like they probably play down in those sewers. I mean, they, they probably hang out down I there. Do. They do whatever. So they know that these sewer systems exist. So when they go down there to take care of Clementine and Lucas, they already know. <clears throat> right. But but yeah. what the dean is saying is, like, you know, they should have written enough story to where we knew there were people disappearing beforehand. You know, this is a thing no. going on. Too long. too long of a movie. What? I don't need the whole backstory about these kids. Too long of a movie. 
All you need to do is have some missing posters. All you got to do is have some missing posters outside of the schools going, hey, look, these people are missing. It worked in the law school. Okay, law school. It's just. <laughs> yeah, really. Jinx. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't need it. It's just, I, you know, I'd rather them just be ambiguous. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I'm not jinx shaming anybody. The same. Ambiguously <laughs> gay duo over here. <laughs> That's right. We're proud. We already made that pact a long time ago. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, to, to the uh, Dean's point, too, I mean, yeah, she's a school teacher. It's a child. He's begging for her not to do it. I mean, I don't know if, if instinct would just take over at that point. You just watched your husband be dragged away by these teenagers. So I would think that you would want to just fucking conk this kid on that, even if it's to knock him out. I think you would want to do something with Alexander. It's a giant heavy stone. I, again, man, you know, it's a kid. You never want to hurt a kid, you know, but again, like you said, you know that they've been doing fun, you know, but you also hope that maybe, because this was, this was one of the littler ones. Maybe she's also thinking that, you know, maybe he wasn't a part of some of that shit. Or, I don't know. I'm coming up with all kinds of excuses for but, it. But she watched, yeah, because she watched him kick, kick her husband down the ladder, yep. though. You know, mm-hmm. she, he, he, he yeah, was beating the shit out of him. She probably didn't like her husband either. <laughs> <laughs> no, she clearly cared no. about him. I mean, that was one of those things no. I appreciated about it. They did have a little bit of sex. No, she, where they are she a didn't like him. Couple. He, you know, he was always mm-hmm. working, you know. <laughs> he made her dinner and she just shit all over it. I felt bad for the guy. Did. He's like, dude, I made you this great dinner and everything in it. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Like, you know, he cooked all day, and then she's like, yeah, it's just shit. He's like, but it's everything. He didn't it's cook everything all day. He, he didn't cook all day. He literally just threw a bunch of shit in a pot. Cooking all day. Cooking all day, as the Dino's, is taking time to prep and, you know, clean and get everything together and cook things individually. Just throwing everything together in a pot is called stew. Yes. <laughs> yeah, an awesome one. When you use all of the groceries in a pot that, that are left over, you can either make a soup or a soup. <laughs> and he also could have just said, "There's a TV dinner in the fridge. Go make it yourself." But no, he was good enough to make her soup. Like <laughs> at least he did something, and she just crapped all over it. So, but I mean, overall, it wasn't like they were just terrible people. I mean, that's why it's, it just they just weren't good actors. That's the whole problem with these. And you know, I didn't want to see them get killed, but at the same time, you know, you kind of do because of just how badly they just performed in their roles. Yeah, but how badly they performed in the roles, but also how badly they were written to where they just didn't have enough sense to protect themselves in a situation where they were very much in danger. Yeah, you know, oh, it's also Romanian the house. gun laws, too, I put in guns. Yeah. Oh, they didn't go over the Romanian gun law. I just assumed that they're new to the house, and, you know, they, they did not know it as well, so as such... You know, it made it harder for them to defend it. And it's too large. It's too, I mean, in that situation, yeah. you know, I think the, the one right thing they did was locking themselves in the room. And that's kind of where you got to stay, you know, at that point. There's, there's no reason to leave the room. You got to put your back to a wall somewhere and just, you know, either wait it out or fucking, you know, when they come in, you got to kill them. Yeah, let them come to you and then you beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but there's also power in numbers. You know, obviously there's more kids than there are them. So even they if they only do come through the door so many at a time. 
Yep. <laughs> so I just just kick it a bunch of kids in the face over and over again until they're all dead. <laughs> I mean, I would have liked that movie. They're just in the yeah, bathroom say, kicking these the, kids that, in the face. The, that sounds like a good time right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Just, every time one of these dirty hooded kids comes in the room, you just kick them in the face. Yeah. Pow, one of the other. That's for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, right now we're cooking, now we got something. <laughs> yeah. But instead, we well, have some time going deeper and deeper. Clementine going deeper and deeper into the sewers where now it's at a point where the, actually the actress was uncomfortable with this because of claustrophobia. And it was kind of one of those things where I think she had plenty of room, but I guess it was tight, you know, just by the way they filmed it. But reaching the end of that tunnel and realizing that there's just no escape, that these kids are right on your back. And when you reach those bars, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming to help you. You know, you're on a busy <laughs> road. Nobody can hear you screaming and waving your arms out. How often are you driving on a highway where you're looking at the sewer grates, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you think with that type of sewer grate, you would notice somebody flailing their arms out. But I guess if you're just not paying attention, you know, you're just going to keep it's on a, going. But no, they're, they're, again, they're, all, they're all busy texting on their new mobile phones where, you know, you have to hit the letter so many times to be able to get your right <laughs> Ooh, I don't miss Nokia. those days. Rocking that Nokia, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after that, number two, three right. times you get to the sea. <laughs> yeah, and then if you fuck up, then you can be like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Take you a half hour to write one sentence. Yeah, it takes 10 minutes to text, I love you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you sent that three hours ago. Oh, I know, five. it took me an hour to write it. Hit five, 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 five. You know, so, so many times you get the damn thing, and then, you know, then you realize you fuck up like halfway through, so you got to delete a bunch of shit and do it all over again. You got quick at it, man. It didn't take long to get real fast at it. What are you just calling, instead? You fucking, I'm just calling you. I, I tried to text, but too long. I'm calling you. Fucking technology. That's when that made sense. You know, now, I don't know. Now it's just. Too easy, just a boom, 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 boom. Yeah, but but mm-hmm. back in the day, you had the short shortcuts of instead of typing out "I love you," you just sit there and you know sent the text uh, three eight one, you know, <laughs> instead. Rocking the lead speak. <laughs> Talk to text. <laughs> you know, any way to get it out. But, um, but yeah, so in the sewers, she is taken by these kids. And then we see that there's four hooded children emerging from the woods and they're running for the bus. But I didn't know if that was a school bus or if that was like a city bus because it was yellow. You know, but there was kids running off of it and kids getting up. Yeah, you know, I thought that, too. And and I did like kind of zip it back and uh, rewatch that part with the bus. And uh, I was of the sense that it was not a school bus. No, I think it's a city bus. Yeah, but on the flip side, city kids got to usually take the city bus to get to school, right? I would imagine, you know. I mean, it, this would be kind of dawn, you know, so you're rolling up them. Because there was kids running off of it. So I was like, well, if there's kids running off, then it's got to be a city bus. I did love the fact that the one kid had the noisemaker and just rattling that thing over and over again. I was like, all right, enough. I got it. It's a fun toy. Yes. Stop doing it. Yes we, we, yes, we get it. It's your Happy New Year's. Yay. 
But, it, yeah, so they, they run the catch the bus and they're off. So, again, I thought that the Strangers in 2008 did it better where you have the three killers sitting in the pickup truck at the end and they say, well, next time will be easier. So they're obviously planning another one. These kids just seem to want to have fun and just go wherever and, and kill wantonly. You know, it's not really any kind of a thing. So, But if the monkey had his backstory origin of these kids, he would find out, you know, what their next plan is because they, they're very – the backstory needs to be written, so maybe he can write I'm the next one. There needs to, I'm not too. saying there needs to be a backstory origin. All I'm saying is there needs to be some shit about, okay, people have been missing in this town. You know, what's going on? All I'm saying is just write a story. I'm not saying write a bunch of backstory, just some story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, kind of, I'm with the monkey on this. I, it's not that I want, believe me, I didn't want more of these characters. I just wanted more of something because what we got was so bare bones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I couldn't believe the movie was over when it ended. Like the first time yeah. I saw it, like, that's it. Like it's yeah. over. I, like, they're yeah. dead. And, <laughs> and here comes a scrawl like on the screen about how the kids were <laughs> aged 10 to 15. The, the Romanian police were fucking fast in this fucking town. Cause it's like, yeah, they were 10 to 15. They were caught really quick. And then they were interrogated, yeah. and the one kid that was the youngest said, they wouldn't play with us. Like, Damn, you guys were fast. That murder just happened. Yeah like, yeah, like four days later, the kids were calling. I was like, shit, man, we, we can't even get Lancaster police to show up at your apartment, King, four days after we make a phone call. <laughs> I know, yeah. They show up like a week later. I'm like, what, what are you guys doing? I was like, I called you a week ago. No, oh, yeah, we're just getting to it now. Good thing I'm not dead. <laughs> Well, they yeah, yeah holiday they backup, know that you know. You got your shit taken care of, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, so, yeah, the youngest of the group saying that, no, they wouldn't play with us. I was like, well, that's, it's kind of fun. That Austrian murder, if it happened or not, is up to suggestion. Me, I kind of took it as a uh, black-eyed children's story. I don't know if you know about the black-eyed children urban legends. About no, the, what, the, what's that? Are they part of the black-eyed uh, they, peas? No, no, they're not actually. Running, they're not and running, running, the and running, running. But in Appalachia and in Virginia <laughs> and in the South, there are stories of these demon-like creatures that are actually disguised as children that'll come to your door and demand to be let in. And when you look at them, they're hooded and typically have black eyes, and they will do anything they can to get inside and kill you. There's a ton of stories online about black-eyed children. And they are, oh, you know, some are silly, some are actually kind of frightening, you know. But also, if you guys want to look into that, let's talk about it. With no, not brown yeah. eyed girls either, Van Morrison. <laughs> it's not who um, he's talking about. No, but it's it's an interesting thing if you guys wanted to check that out on online. Yeah. Black eyed children, there's some really <laughs> creepy stories involving them, and that's what I took them to be. That's what I thought it was going to be in the long run. Was that it was going to be a supernatural story, you know, that these are are supernatural entities. But turns out they're just dirty children that are probably from the hostile region and just want to um, double gum. So you're saying you wanted more story? <laughs> no, I didn't. I just <laughs> no, wanted something made, different. He just made it up as he went along, man. That's all. Yeah. No, I just wanted something different. I wanted something, more, I wanted something more supernatural, and instead I got this kid that likes to kill. Um, but so, yeah, that, uh, that wraps it up. Quick movie, Zen, the 2006. I enjoyed it overall, but, you know, the most interesting thing I found on Wikipedia was that the budget was roughly $2.35 million and box office $2.73 million. So, nope. 
definitely didn't make its money back. Not that I thought oh, it would. How, I, wait, how much did this cost? $2.35 uh, $2. in American dollars. And it brought in $2.73 million in the box office, all told. I'd love to know where that money went. <laughs> yeah, I have no wow. idea. I'm just going off of box office mojo to get those It sure, the, as, hell those on, it sure, sure as hell wasn't <laughs> on lighting for the movie. <laughs> no. Or yeah, on camera. Yeah, exactly. A little bit dark. A little bit dark. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't know about you guys, but, like, the cut that I watched, it was a 720p, and, yeah, it was grainy as hell in the sewers, man. I watched it. <laughs> well, I was asking. I watched this on Shudder. Yeah, when I got to like, it, watch, it was like watching a VHS tape. Yeah. No, no, I disagree. Uh, I it, it had, like, uh, it, I don't know. Okay. Dean? Bye. Yeah. Gene. All right. Yeah. It had it had something that they just didn't want to let us know. So Ben <laughs> took over his phone. And decided to see. Uh, get that out. <laughs> Darn it. Um all right, so next week uh, I believe it's my never heard from again. Uh, <laughs> no it disappeared. But anyway. Uh so next week, yeah, it is my pick. Uh, I decided since Christmas is around the corner, I wanted to be a little bit silly with my pick. Uh, and pick a movie where you don't have to see the first one at all to get this movie because they give it to you all in flashbacks. Pretty heavy flashbacks, indeed. Uh, so from 1987, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2, directed by <laughs> Lee Harry. You mean Silent Night? And there's a very Night. iconic line in that movie that I love. So, <laughs> what's that? It's just basically Silent Night, Deadly Night, revisited. And then a couple extra yep. scenes. And yeah. And a couple of your scenes with Ricky, the brother of Billy, and there's a very iconic line of horror history in that that I, I still laugh at to this day whenever I see that scene. And you'll find out what it is. And you'll probably understand it. Silent Night. I'm, I'm, Mac, I got I got booted. Did did the last of what I what, what I was saying come out? No. Yeah, no. No. I didn't hear it. All right. So I was saying like there was like a pixelization like. Uh, and I was saying, Ghoul, if you think back to the early days of the DVDs, there were horror movies yeah. from overseas we wanted to see. And I would get something called a VCD that was like a different kind of disc that would play in like region one players. And I feel like those had that similar kind of like pixelization to Battle them sometimes. Royale. Battle yeah. Royale. Yeah. Battle yeah. Royale. Yeah. 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 The video CDs. Yeah. A video compact disc. Yeah. There you go. All right, so I announced my pick for next week. Dean, I'll send the link. We're talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 from 1987, directed by Lee Harry. So I will send you the link if you need a link to watch the movie. It's available free on Tubi. Uh, but I think we're going to have a lot of fun next week recapping a first right, movie Silent and Night, talking Deadly about Night a second movie. All the same. Uh, yeah, so yep. I'm just going to make this statement. I will be on the show next week, uh, but... At around 6.30, I'm going to have to drop out for, like, probably around 20 minutes, uh, and then I'll be able to come back. So maybe just uh, everybody okay. have a couple of news items to, like, fill that time, but uh, I will be uh, participating. All right. We'll yeah, like, All like, right, what so. would, what, like, what would your makeup be? parent teacher conferences? <laughs> uh, oh, I totally forgot about that. Damn. Uh, I'll have to make that happen <laughs> for my next when, it, when my next pick uh, episode comes around. Uh, I, it is a school. It's not a parent-teacher conference, but it is a it is a school. It is a school meeting. I have to log into for a minute. 
Okay. Gotcha. Very well. All right. So thank you so much for joining us, Dean, for your pick of them, and we'll see you back here next week for some holiday hope. Oh, uh, it was so exciting talking about them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Monkey, well, once funny. again, thank you for your input. Thank you for the Mandalorian update, and can't wait to talk about Batman and cartoon this week. Yep. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror, and let me come in your ear. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. And uh, Ghoul, why don't you get us with a plug as we close up tonight's show? Oh, again, uh, Christmas around the corner, everybody. Uh, I think it might be just kind of at that border where you can't get something. Jimmy, maybe you could get it just before Christmas. It's a possibility. I don't know. You know what? That's what she handles. The ghoul girl handles all that stuff. But why don't you log on to Etsy, go to Bonfire Bee Designs, all one word in the search engine, and uh, buy some jewelry. You know, if you got a loved one, a guy, a girl, a kid, bracelets, gemstones, necklaces, all kinds of fun stuff on there. And uh, and she loves making it. You know, for her, it's an art. And uh, she loves Loves people wearing her shit, um, and I love it because it gives me sex. So you know, do that. Do me a favor. <laughs> hook, hook her up. It hooks me up. I'm feeling better. I'm really. I'm ready to get frisky. Uh, and let's do this. You know. So even with um, COVID, they, even with COVID, COVID sex, dude. Fantastic <laughs> sex. <laughs> oh shit! You don't know if you're gonna shit yourself or blow a load all at the same time. Sometimes it, 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 both happen. And that's that's well. At least you can't smell it. That's <laughs> <a> moment. <laughs> All right, everybody. So thank you so much for joining us tonight for this episode of the show. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail odorous. And we'll see you back here next week for Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Just make sure all you naughty kids get punished. See you next time. Stay scared. <laughs>